Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I saw Mikey kissing Mrs. Mrs. Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see him go out the window to the snow. He bailed again like goats of Christmas past from long ago. And Paige and Todd are gonna Just like chestnuts on your open fire So here's the friends you know Romancing in the pod show Mikey kissing Mrs. Claus last night Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch... Four, Four Christmases. Christmases. Four, Four Christmases. So was this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? This is my first time. Yeah, okay. I've seen this movie before, and I decided it was not great enough to watch again until now. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I watched this movie in the theater. Uh, I think I told you guys last week that I remember seeing this with my wife at the time. And I texted you early today that I do think this movie caused your divorce, and I think it was a good thing. Well, it was a good thing. Um, I don't know if this movie <laughs> was the impetus of the divorce, but... I'm fine blaming it on Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. Why not? Come at me. I just want to know what Manny thinks about this movie. <laughs> you realize that they're different people, right? Like Two different people. Crystal was not my wife. That's not my headcanon. You're like one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I picture Mikey's headcanon as one that he just loads his head into and then fires it out into the ocean Marvin Star style. It's like the Marvin Star. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so Paige, let me get your first reaction to it because Mikey clearly didn't like it when he first saw it. I really didn't like it when I first saw it. And I honestly feel like I liked it a little bit better this time. What did you feel about it the first time watching it today, last night? I don't love it okay i feel like uh, there are parts of it that are very funny there are some very funny elements to this movie which i think is probably why you liked it a little bit better this time yeah but i feel like this movie is trying to make 12 different points and messes all of them up a hundred percent yeah it's like me in my public speaking class <laughs> uh, but th my frustration with the movie is is number one some family environments are toxic and sometimes you need to set boundaries and maybe not see your family and that's okay uh, and I think we need to normalize speaking up about that kind of stuff and I do feel like this movie while trying to create an environment of like crazy families air quotes does create some pretty upsetting family environments Yeah, <laughs> where I kind of understood why they didn't want to see their families for some of the stuff. Um, but secondly, this movie has an opportunity to really talk about what happens when a relationship that is kind of superficial because it has not been tested against any real life problems encounters real life problems and those people decide that maybe they shouldn't be together. And I think this movie 
kind of starts to examine that and then just throws it all away for a happy ending. Yes. And also, instead of having like deeper conversations about the the emotional reality that maybe you're not meant to be with someone, every time they start to have a serious conversation, they're just like, just kidding. The kid has a pot brownie. We're some sort of vomit joke. Here's a thing. And they just it's everything they can do to not have a, a grown up conversation in this movie until John Voight comes in and is like, family's the most important thing. And I'm like, is that what we were supposed to get from this movie? Because that's not what? No. And also John Voight shouldn't be lecturing anyone on families. You could not have picked a worse actor. I don't think you have any evidence that John Voight is not a stellar upstanding individual. (laughs) (laughs) That dude is a terrible man. I mean, that clearly was a joke. Sorry. I don't know if you guys actually don't it's know out there. acting okay yeah. he can act <laughs> yeah. so i sort of think you could fix this movie if they don't end up together at the end of this me too todd me too yeah. in fact i thought that that was the way the movie was gonna go me too and i was like oh shit am i about to kind of like this movie still not love this movie because it's not great but like respect the hell out of it yeah. for breaking them up because but that movie is the breakup I also don't really like the breakup. Is that Vince Vaughn too? I haven't seen the breakup. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. God, I do love Vince Vaughn. I do See, love Vince Vaughn. See, I don't in this movie. He's a huge problem in this movie for me. And I actually found out why in fun fact. He's a huge problem in this movie for Reese Witherspoon too, because she was standing on Apple boxes 90% of the time. Yeah. You don't see her feet. Nope, you do not. Um, And also, they did not get along on set, allegedly. Really? Yeah, there's also zero chemistry between them in the movie. That is true. Like, there's not much chemistry there. There's no chemistry in the movie is really trying to rely on that chemistry to pull them through the movie. And you're just like, at a certain point, you're like, they shouldn't be together. I don't want them to be together. Yeah, that's why I think if they weren't together at the end of the movie, I'd be like, I honestly sort of like the way they came apart. Like that. Yeah. It was a adult communicative conversation. Yeah. Or if they did stay together, have that honest conversation about like, these are the things that need to change for us to stay together and then show that growth. Right. Or this is why I'm feeling this. And this is why I feel like I need this in my life. And I understand because I can't choose for you. You know, like, is that something that you would want in your life too and again they stop just short of having a real conversation about it because when he actually yeah. tries to get her back it's just jokes it's just more jokes yeah that see you would need like a judda apatow kind of dramedy christmas dramedy which i would be down for a movie like that yeah, honestly to really yeah, get like, to like halfway through they break up and come back together over the christmas season about like did we have something real or did not, you know, like yes. jokes, but also like real stuff. I do think that all of Judd Apatow's movies are 20 to 40 minutes too long. 100%. It is a, a personal pet peeve. But I do think that he handles serious conversations like this much better than this movie does. And I'm not a huge Knocked Up fan, but there is a couple scenes where they're having a conversation of do we actually like each other or did we just get thrown into this? And if it is the latter... Should we be together? And that's what this movie needed. Were those serious conversations? I also think it could have been two Christmases. Four is a lot. I also think that like the movie really tries to make it a materialistic Christmas family thing. And that's not what it is at all. It's two people discovering who they are and if they should still be together. And what they really want. And what they really want. Yeah. And at the start of the movie, it paints them as this like ideal couple air quotes 
But what we're seeing is two people being selfish and insincere for like 20 minutes. And you're just like, this is not ideal. They, They are clearly not investing in deeper conversations about their relationship and then they're shitting on other people who do. <laughs> and so like, yeah, when it looked like they were going to break up and actually do soul searching, I was like, this is better for everyone. And then they just abandon it completely. No, you, you have a lot of thoughts that sum up a lot of my thoughts pretty well. The one thing you left out that I will nitpick on now is this happens in a day. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is definitely like there's no way you could fit this in a day because it's like San Francisco, right? Because we see the bridge. Yeah. And there's no way you could drive to four different houses across San Francisco in a day. Take, take all that out of it. You can't even do small town yes. Christmas celebrations. No, you, can't. you can't even do four you can't do four Christmases in a day. It's impossible. Because they're and they're never rushed. They're they're never rushed. I will say they live in San Francisco. Nobody else does. So like it's more that they're just spending so much time at each place and there's only so many hours in the day. That first house, they open gifts, they eat, they try to install a satellite dish. Like conservatively, they're there for like six hours. Yeah. It's a huge amount of time. And then they have an equal amount of time, give or take, at every other house. Like she's at her mom's house for like two or three hours and then they go to church and then they come back and go to the next house where they're there for at least a board game. So that's like two hours. And then finally, she ends up at the final house for like another five hours. So like, yeah, when are they going to sleep? <laughs> like, It's, it's crazy. like a 45 hour day. Yes. But again, I think it could have been two Christmases. I feel like cut it down to two. It just didn't need it. It can't be two Christmases and have the same story. And honestly, I feel like it would be better if it was two Christmases because you don't need the whole like you we're don't. from broken families. So we don't want to get married. Like that doesn't have to be the reason you that don't want to get married. That doesn't have to you be. It could be any other reason. Like and that would be fine. Right. But. I think they were just trying to force in four comedic type situations. Yeah, like four different ones. Like they couldn't decide. But I feel like the real strength would be two different Christmases. They see each other's families. There's some mix up where they both promised to go. So now they're going to have to back and forth. And what we actually see is them in their family environment in touch with who they kind of really are at their core. And then that combating with the self air quotes that they have created in this idealized relationship that lives apart on the clouds away from everybody or another take would have been like have terrible families and have them like breach the surface to be like kind of like what you're talking about of like oh we've covered up this trauma the whole time and we actually both come from pretty traumatic families and then they have like a very long serious conversation about that and they're able to like i i kind of don't want kids because i don't want to create a situation like like that not to go back to my own therapy but i mean like that would have been more realistic (laughs) and it just didn't work as a goofy comedy to me with these weird themes like these themes are too not goofy to to throw around the better non-christmas version of this is meet the parents yeah you know where it's like you're learning a lot more about her and her family dynamic and he is kind of struggling with that and where he fits in that world. And that's what we don't have is that kind of real life discomfort. We have all this comedic craziness and then no serious grounding points in this movie. And I can explain why in fun facts. We'll get to it. <laughs> well, let's get into the movie first. and Let's talk about it scene by scene and then we'll get to fun facts. Yes. So we open on a nightclub playing a techno version of White Christmas 
we meet Kent and Daphne. And I don't know what it was about them in this scene, but I instantly was like, they're married and this is their role playing. I don't know how I called it two and a half scenes out, but I fucking did. I Did you guys realize it immediately? Yeah. I don't remember because I watched it in 2008 or whenever this movie came out, so I can't remember. But I knew going into it this time, right. you know, and I don't know if it's because I picked up on it or it was because I remembered it. Mm-hmm. But I do like that his name is Kent and he's wearing glasses and it's the only time he wears glasses. Like Clark Kent, I that, yes. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I also really loved this scene because, like, Daphne is, like, not feeling it. And then he, like, turns it on. He's like, listen here, bitch. Like, he's insane it's such an amazing i would dare say this is the best part of the movie i agree because you kind of like them for a moment but essentially what happens for the audience if you didn't watch the movie they have kind of a a meet meet cute she shuts him down for basically being like too sensitive too soft yeah and walks away and then he yells across the club basically like bitch i'm talking to you (laughs) you crazy (laughs) little slut and you're like whoa no one should talk to you that like unless you consent to it at which point you do find out eventually that she did consent to it ahead of time and so this is all part of their thing she's super into it they fuck in the bathroom there they fuck in the bathroom at this party no one else at the party knows that though and i'm like i'm just waiting for some well-meaning hipster or a very very fitness inclined lesbian to punch the shit out of him <laughs> like it's gonna happen i mean he's a very big dude though he is a tall he's man like yeah six five or something crazy like yeah that. and she's five feet tall that's why she was on apple boxes yeah. anytime you see her where you don't see her feet and it's funny you could track it like when you see her feet she comes up to barely his armpit yes and then when her feet aren't in the shot she comes up to like his chin like yes. she gets a foot taller easy when she like you can't a whole see her feet foot yeah i could see that we're gonna be like real fun if you like this movie (laughs) it's just not a good christmas movie i didn't feel the whimsy there is no christmas whims my favorite characters are denver and his wife susan Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we'll absolutely. Get to them. But I was like, I want to watch their movie. <laughs> I also love Christian Chenoweth because I love Christian Chenoweth in anything, but that's unrelated. I just smile every time she's on the screen. Also, I'm like pretty sure her mom is in a cult. Christian Chenoweth's? No, no, in the movie. Oh yeah, oh Dwight yeah, Yoakam runs a Christian-based cult for sure in this movie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so they get on the cable car, which is very pretty. San Francisco in, at Christmas is gorgeous. Uh, it is all. Also still terrifying but it is also gorgeous and we always used to go to union square on like black friday like that weekend for the tree lighting and stuff awesome so they get back to her fancy house or it's implied it's her fancy house but it's definitely their house yeah well she even says that yeah she says some of the effect of well this is where i live and he goes oh this is your house it's nice and she goes yeah you live here too <laughs> they like are in character as Kent and Daphne all the way through the, the bar meet scene, through the fucking in the bathroom, the up thing. to the front door. Like the, the first time you meet them as actual like quote unquote people, because I realize they're still playing characters, but right. the characters in the movie that they actually are is when they're brushing their teeth after they've like had this weird, kinky, awesome night out. Well, and he's then giving like the whole backstory for Kent. Like he yeah. created a, like a universe for him. Oh, he did. Definitely had a secret. You know what I'm saying? Like, he yeah, had he did have backstory. an actor secret yeah. and it was the ninja equipment back at his house. Yes, it was. They then we cut to them in dance class and they're kind of just showing off like it's they're doing the thing. I don't know if you guys know a couple like this where they're just like, we're just like so in love. And so like PDA and we're just the most in love all the time. And you're just like, I know you fight at home because we all fight sometimes. 
And they're just like, what? No. And that's who they are in this You'll scene. fight too. You'll fight, fight too. too. You'll fight too. Uh, <laughs> just like Pennywise saying that. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying that like, hey, people eventually sometimes have disagreements and that's healthy and okay. And to pretend like you don't is fucking strange. But yeah. anyway, so they're being kind of show offy in this dance class. And the other people in the dance class are like, when's your wedding? Because they're all taking dance lessons for their wedding. Yeah. Which I'd imagine is common, right? It's super common. Yeah. We didn't do it because I, I felt like that was strange where I'm just like, we're going to dance and have fun the way we're going to dance and have fun. And if anyone has problems with our level of dance ability, then they can shove it. I'm feeding them. I think taking a dance <laughs> class with your significant other would be fun without getting married. Like, I don't yeah, think it's no, weird think that it's they are not married. Activity. I think that would just be a, a fun couples activity. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie yeah. and I talked about doing it while we were watching this movie together. We were like, we should take dance classes. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, I fully respect people who just want to do it for fun. Hell yeah. yeah. Fucking do it. The people who are like, we have to waltz perfectly. I'm just like, this is a hotel ballroom. <laughs> like, calm down. Your wedding looks like all the other ones on TLC. No one is special. Just make sure the food is good and there's enough booze for people. Yeah, basic. Yeah, basic. <laughs> you didn't have golden cherubs at your wedding. <laughs> they told me I couldn't put tiny sunglasses on them. It was the one thing that I fought with my coordinator about. She made the wrong call. That's all I'm going to say. Well, they didn't want me getting on a ladder because of insurance. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> no, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're basically like, oh, we're not getting married. Being married is for plebes. And I'm like, hey, get married or don't. I don't give a shit. It's your life. Do what you want to do. But let other people do their other thing. Yeah, I thought the scene was so funny because they're like, no, we're not going to get married. Who would want to get married? Being married stupid. It's fine if you want to do it. I was right. like, you just talk shit about how being married was terrible. Like, here's the thing. Get married or don't. I do not care. But I always think it's weird when people who live like married people are like, being married is terrible. I'm like, it's a piece of paper that wouldn't change anything about the way you live. Other than that, you can more easily visit each other in the hospital and insurance is better. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you so weird about it? They are ostensibly married. And in fact, in yeah. some states, they would be common law married after living yes. that way for a certain number of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why that exists so that you can access services that are currently only accessible to married people. That's also why marriage equality is very important because all couples deserve access to those services if they want to avail themselves yeah. of them. But also, I respect a couple maybe not wanting to legally get married, but also, like, don't be a dick about it. That's my thing. I'm like, if you don't want to, I don't care. I'll I'll pay fewer taxes because I wanted to. Great. Fine. I don't care. But like, I would have been like, if I was one of those couples guys, I'd have been like, well, we really want to. And you can respect that decision because you're kind of being a dick. Yeah. I don't care what other people do. It's your life. I'm not married to you. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like yeah. it only really matters for the person that I'm married to, but don't be a dick about it. I'm only like that. Like if you're drinking diet Pepsi, diet Pepsi's disgusting. Yeah. I don't understand anyone who likes diet Pepsi. Yeah. And if you're doing that, you're wrong. Yeah. To quote Adam <laughs> DeMamp from workaholics. If you don't want to date me, that's fine, but you're wrong and I hate you. Yeah, but that is true. <laughs> but yeah, Diet Pepsi's fucking gross. Ugh. We're all Diet Coke drinkers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've literally left a restaurant because they didn't have Diet Coke. <laughs> I have driven from one drive through to another because they had Pepsi at one and I needed Diet Coke. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's not even that weird for me to do it. <laughs> No. My father at a, at a very fancy restaurant one time 
that was serving Diet Pepsi because they always do that. Is Diet Pepsi okay? And my dad just went, no. And then ordered a beer or something else where he was just like abandoned soda completely. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. I'll I'll be like, no, just give me a water. Well, he had a boss one time where he was like, is Diet Pepsi okay? No. But his boss went to the restaurant so often and was like would have like big dinner parties or that they kept Coke for him in the fridge in the back. That's so amazing. that they didn't even have to ask him if Diet Pepsi was okay. That's amazing. That's the level of famous I want to get to. Yeah, me too. Where people just have Diet Coke on hand. Just Lucy's? Like just Diet just Coke loose? Oh. Anyway, they go to their company Christmas party and their other co-workers are all kind of like, yeah, we're doing this terrible thing. Like I'm picking up 13 different people from the airport. Uh, he thinks his four-year-old's the next Beyonce. I love that guy. And it's it's... I can't remember his name in Reno 911, but you would recognize him from Reno 911. Yes. And he is so good. He is also one of my favorite lines in the movie Black Dynamite, where Black Dynamite is like, we got to get rid of the people who are selling drugs in this community. And he just goes, but Black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community. <laughs> and he says it with an exact cadence. I love it every time. And the other guy is literally uh, from, from the, the office. office. Yeah. And it was weird yeah. to hear him talk in his regular voice. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's not how Kevin what? talks. And he's vacationing in tropical Albany, which I thought was pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, I was like, I don't think that's tropical. It's, it's not. On a couch with seven cats, because that's a crazy amount of pets to have. Yeah, seven would be a lot of pets in one it's house. It's a lot of pets. Some would call that like the definition of animal hoarding. It's like the same amount as a sled team. And like, if you mm -hmm. don't need to get across the snow fast, I don't know why you have them. It's really an emotional tundra. I don't. <laughs> I honestly don't take offense to this because I do think seven cats is too many cats. I think five cats and two dogs, seven animals in your home, unless that home is a zoo. homestead farm. <laughs> yeah, they're making fun of me because I have seven. I, I have two dogs and five cats. And if any one of those cats have kittens, I'm just waiting to hear Todd say, I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> no, they're all fixed. That's essentially why we ended up with that many, because there was a, a like a wild colony of cats behind Natalie's mom's house, and they were doing spade, neuter, return, and she just mm. ended up with a bunch of them. So yeah, I have a lot of animals. It's uh, five cats and two dogs, and I love them all. How are your couches? Musty? Do you have a cot for visitors? Uh, uh, My couches uh, 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 are clean, because we uh, clean uh, them often, though. Like We have to clean them a lot. Yeah. I have to clean my couches a lot too, but it's for different reasons. Wangam wanger. They don't call it a sectional for nothing, ladies. <laughs> a sectional? It's either the sex or the pad tie that I spilt all over it. <laughs> nope, it's definitely the pad tie. Pad tie is pretty much peanut butter pasta, and I'm here for that. And it's spicy. I love all of these things. Yeah, it's so good. So if you want to enjoy Mikey's spicy couch, ladies, mm, order him some pad spicy thai. Spicy couch. And just like me, my couch doesn't pull out. <laughs> but Vince Vaughn does in this movie because he doesn't want to have kids. Wow, Paige, <laughs> Paige is done already. Paige like is not speaking to us. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, anyway, so they're they're going to Fiji and they've lied to their families about where they're going to go and they're going to have couples massages and they're like planning and packing. In that scene where they're planning and packing, it does seem like they like know each other really well. They like, hey, I booked the massages or whatever and he's like hey i got you those noise canceling headphones and she was like oh thank you it is posited in this scene that they're like very good quote unquote 
for each other in so much that they're like evenly matched. Yes, but it's all material stuff. Yeah, it is very vapid and superficial, but if you're vapid yeah. and superficial and you're with someone who's vapid and superficial, yeah. that'll probably work out, you know? Yeah, you just gotta have enough mirrors. Uh, I have learned that there are never enough mirrors. Truth, baby. Mine are funhouse, made me look skinny. <laughs> and hanging above his bed. <laughs> Well, I don't think you want them angled at that because then it might make other things look too small and skinny, like boobs, like tiny tube boobs. Talk to me more about tiny tube boobs. Tube sock titties, put them in the air. Talk to me about these cylinder sweater cows you're talking about. <laughs> cylinder <laughs> sweater cows. Girl, let me take a look at uh, your sweater cylinders. Uh, are, the, <laughs> are those re relay batons or are you just happy to see me? Oh, yes. <laughs> That was special. <laughs> that was honestly a, a little hard to listen to. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Let's move on. Mm. Um, he does do a, a wildly racist Burmese impersonation into the phone when trying to lie to his parents. Unless that really does mean Merry Christmas in Burmese, but I suspect not. Oh, yeah. I assumed it wasn't. Uh, the subtitles just said fake Burmese accent. So I'm ah. guessing it is an offensive joke. It honestly sounded like Mike Myers in Wayne's World when they're ordering Chinese food. Yes. It sounded like that to me, which is also probably offensive, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I, I just guess. assume because it was like 90s and everything was. And it, like she asks if he learned Merry Christmas in Burmese and he's like, no, of course not. So we find out that they've given different stories to different families and they go to the airport and there's a ton of fog over the bay, which grounds all the flights. Yes. So they are going to get out in the next flight, but it's the next morning. But unfortunately, KTVU Fox 2 is on the scene to interview them. I love this because they straight up don't ask them if they want to be on camera. And you would have to ask and sign a release. No, I know, I know, I know. But in the movie, they do straight up ambush them. Yeah, they do. I've never signed a release when I've been on the news. If you're in public spaces, they don't have to, I think. Well, they've come and like interviewed me at the office and stuff. I guess you just like verbally agree. Yeah. Are you like sitting down for the interview? Like, yeah, like mic'd up and everything. I have never been on camera without signing a release. Well, you're probably under can camera under different circumstances, Paige. So there is a unnamed episode of My Strange Addiction that I had to go do a crisis assessment <laughs> during filming. What? <laughs> yes, because the person had become suicidal in the course of the episode. What? And they wanted me to sign a release so they yeah. could film the whole thing that I did. And I was like, this is a trap. This is how I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> but they did give me Twizzlers. Nice. But take personal rights out of it. You don't want to just interview a random person on the street. Have you met random people on the street? No, you don't. Except that you fully do. And those are my favorite news videos. <laughs> because that's how you get, this is an ancient leprechaun flute passed down. Like, that's how you get that level of madness is just by walking up to people and shoving a microphone in their face. Um, but it can be exploitative, so you need to be careful. But you don't want to go live at five o'clock with somebody you don't you haven't vetted. No. Because if, especially if I'm missing a flight, I would turn around and be like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's a big holdup like that at LAX, the, the news always does go there. But they will go up to you and be like, hey, would you like to be on the news? Okay, great. I'm so-and-so. Here's, you know, what we're doing. You can't swear, whatever. Okay, live. 
And so they would kind of like clear it with them first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you guys ever seen Billy on the Street? Oh, like Billy Eichner? Yes. I love Billy And the way Billy they the do street. that is the same way they did it at the shopping center I worked at where there's signs at the entrances of like all the whole place where you could be filming. Yeah. And the signs are like, if you enter, you could end up on camera. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. basically like if you don't want to be on camera, walk this way. But if you go past the sign, you're on camera and then they don't have to get releases from you. I was worried that there was like some intern running around with a clipboard trying to get people to sign there shit. There is. If, yeah. Typically, if you talk on camera, they do, there is an intern that's immediately like, sign this, please. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they end up on the news. And of course, their family immediately sees it. Yeah. I love the way Vince Vaughn like reacts on camera. He's just so bad in that situation. Yes. It's so yeah. funny to me. I generally find Vince Vaughn very charming. Like, I think he's funny on film. Like, I like him in movies. I do think this is maybe his worst movie. I it, think it probably is. He's hit or miss for me where like Wedding Crashers, I love yes. him in Wedding Crashers. It was a gift, Todd. It was a gift. Uh, I I also just love Wedding Crashers. And I think Same. that when you structure it well so he can kind of play, it's great. Yeah. But what I think people do is they're like, well, it's Vince Vaughn. Just let him talk. Let him improv. And then they don't have a good editing hand with it or they don't guide him well. He really gets on my nerves. Oh, yeah. So it's hit or miss. I do love his reaction to the camera, though, where he's yeah. just like, I. Uh, we, um, um, and then. Uh, this is, uh, we take the trips, <laughs> we plan the trips. <laughs> Regardless, they all have to then kind of apologize to their families and let them know that they will be attending Christmas that day. But that means that they have to or go. Or they could say. Yes, we did lie to you, but you guys treat us bad, so we're not coming to Christmas. That's what they should say, but it, yeah. I mean, then the movie would be over. End. The end. <laughs> Boundaries are healthy. And Paige touched on this, but like, you do not have to be abused by your family. Even, I mean, like, and there's perspectives to that where like, some, you know, like, family dynamics are hard and it's a systems dynamic problem. So there's like, you know, you're part of the system. So blah, 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 blah. We don't have to go into therapy, but I will say that like, <laughs> if, if you feel like you need to set a boundary, then set it. Yeah, absolutely. Mikey. Anyway, they're going to go see four families in a day. Impossible. We cut to the next day. <laughs> Impossible. Which Christmas do you think is the worst? I think we need to have that discussion before before. Which Christmas is worst Christmas? I would like to go ahead and throw out. I would never go to my mom's Christmas if she was with one of my friends. Mikey, oh, that would yeah. be like oh. if I was dating your mom. I would not be at Christmas. No, I wouldn't be either. Like, I would hate that. Like, if you were dating my mom, I would oh, not yeah. go. Vice versa. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they do. They pull a switcheroo on you in the movie where it, it seems very calm. She seems very friendly. And so at first you're like, this is a good one. This is great. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then you meet the stepdad and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Hard pass. What? OK, so, yeah, I think that's the worst. What do you think would be the most fun? I think for me, it would be uh, Reese's mother's house because yeah. it would be fun for me. It would not be. I mean, it's clearly not fun for Reese, but I'm just there yeah. hanging out with a bunch of women who are like super attentive and want to show me baby photos of my girlfriend. I'm down for that. To me, that seems more like my traditional Christmas of just like a bunch of, you know, middle America white people like going to church and like looking at photo albums kind of deal. Like no one came out and was like, I'm going to. Break your arm on the floor. Yeah, I didn't get <laughs> suplexed at this Christmas, so it was better. That's probably second to the mom dating the childhood mm -hmm. friend. That's my worst. Yeah, is yeah. that one? Well, that makes sense because you're like a stand-in for Reese, I guess. You know, so like that makes yeah, sense. Well, just in in general, a a Christmas that a has no presents, doesn't seem to have much food, and they just 
fat shame her constantly. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds to, and there's a bunch of kids in a bounce house that are just uncontrolled. Which I am here for. I would, I would have gone in that bounce house and I would have beat some ass. <laughs> surprise, surprise, Mikey fighting children. No, I wouldn't fight, but like I could bounce kids pretty damn high in, in a trampoline type situation. That's true. The last Christmas, the the one at John Voight's house, although in real life would probably be terrifying, but in the as depicted in this film seems very nice. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, I kind of like the first one because I want to hang out with Susan. <laughs> She's making the most disgusting casserole I've ever seen and just like. Yeah, you can flick my nipples if you want. What's your deal? I'm just eating Doritos this whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> you and me are going to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be the best <laughs> friends at this Christmas party. I do love that they're also at his mother's house later. And like, they, yes. we get to see mm -hmm. them again. Because I do really love John Favreau. And yeah. he's great in both of those scenes. It's so good. Yeah. So they're in the car. They drive up to his dad's house. This is their first Christmas. It looks kind of farmy. It's clearly East Bay Canyon. They actually filmed in San Francisco? Yeah, clearly. They're actually, most of the houses around it look like this one specifically looks like it's right off Sonol Canyon. The bigger houses could have been Atherton, San Jose, etc. But they could also be Los Angeles because it, it looks a lot like it. And then the his mom's house could be anywhere. Yeah. You can't really place it. But this house specifically actually does look like the Bay Area. You would know. I mean, you like grew up yeah. in that area. Yeah, I would say this house looks like it is. I don't know about the rest. The rest could be L.A. Who Fair knows? Enough. Yeah. So they go into the house and it's kind of coded as run down kind of you know air quotes hickish. It's definitely rural. Like they're definitely coding these people as like white trash like yeah. people right which yep i mean i can spot how i grew up like i know what we're talking about here right yeah yeah i mean here's the thing that there's a section of the bay area that looks like this and is more rural and i got a lot of family that lives there so yeah. like yeah I feel you. yeah wood paneling all around this house i felt very seen in this scene yes my favorite is they come into the house first of all the dad just refers to reese witherspoon as tiny which yes. i just like he's like where's tiny yeah he doesn't call her anything other than that the whole movie nope yeah uh, but he does have something that i have wanted for a long time which is a mounted squirrel with a gun mm -hmm. you mean holding a gun yeah yes yeah you can buy them they're these like taxidermied mounts where it's like you can get them with like squirrels in army uniforms or squirrels like playing cards or with mm -hmm. like ak's mm -hmm. and i love it <laughs> i don't know why i love it so much well i know what i'm getting paid for christmas I yes. actually looked this up for Paige last year. They're quite expensive. I know what I was going to get Paige for Christmas. <laughs> pa Paige has uh, an unnatural love for taxidermy and taxidermy is pricey. But anyway, so they come into the house and he's almost immediately tackled by John Favreau, who has like a UFC mohawk and like tribal tats and jeans well i guess at the time these jeans would have been actually pretty fashionable but they were but like, like affliction jeans yeah exactly yeah. they're affliction jeans he is like flashy joe rogan and it's like madness oh, yeah. and they they very they do some like trick of the eye to make him look because he is shorter than vince vaughn but yes. they make him look way shorter like 
to imply that he and the other brother are very small, but still just wreck Vince Vaughn this whole movie. Yeah, they're powerhouses, but mainly because they like they're UFC like they're semi-professional UFC. They're they're in backyard UFC backyard where if you UFC, die, yeah. they just like get some lie and don't talk about it. We also <laughs> find out that Vince Vaughn's actual name is Orlando because yes. they were all named after the cities in which they were conceived. So Orlando, Denver, Dallas, and then he changed his name to Brad, and then soon. Susan comes in, bright, shining beacon of light in this movie, <laughs> and just says, any hors for anybody? <laughs> Which is hilarious because I wanted someone to correct her and then for her to say, I've only ever read that word because that's like ah. the bit we do on the podcast. I thought that shit was so funny, though. And she presents them with crackers with spray cheese on it, which, by the way, was my family's road trip snack going up. Growing yeah, up. Me too. This movie yes. deposits that that food is you mean posits whatever they mean two very different things it put it in the movie it deposited into the movie <laughs> that scene that's fair to posit us to think that that is a trashy trash snack and that is not that bad i will not take anyone trash talking spray cheese it's delicious i prefer wheat thins over ritz but other than Ooh, that no give me a ritz and easy cheese all day i'm into it but also they have a bunch of kids there like that's exactly what you would serve a bunch of kids if they were hungry yeah but you wouldn't call them horror duvres horror duvers she's my favorite though she's great because she is i mean she is presented as like a redneck sort of hickey kind of person but she is also presented as someone who like loves her life and is like enjoying it and like having fun she is conservatively 13 months pregnant it's great <laughs> nant. what was that show on uh, hbo with the baseball guy Eastbound and down, yes. He, she was the love interest in that show, and she knocked it out of the park every episode. She yes. has her own show, and I, I want to... Oh, it was good. It was a sitcom where she's a mom. It's also really good when I've seen it's those episodes. It's also really good because I never got into Roseanne, but I could connect with her show of just being like... I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was just like, yes. I, th I don't know. I really like her too. Yeah, I like her too. Something about her. It's the charisma. And and the spray cheese. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when, when they were like spray cheese and crackers, I was like, oh my God, they got all the Bay Area things right. But apparently spray cheese and crackers is universal. It is. Because we. I grew up on that shit here in the South. Yeah. Jake grew up on pimento cheese and crackers. Oof. Oh, I did too. I would enjoy some oh, of that's that a Southern too. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My grandfather yeah. would make a homemade pimento cheese. It was good. Mm. So, they kind of excuse themselves into the baby's room to set coats and stuff down and she's like I can't believe that I don't know your actual name <laughs> like I didn't know your name was Orlando that seems like something you tell somebody and he's like well if your name was asshole and now it's Bob you don't tell someone your name was asshole yeah I got the impression that he like legally changed his name to Brad yes yeah yeah to Brad because his mom calls him Bradford yeah and you should refer to someone I mean yeah Absolutely. Like, this is a ridiculous conversation. She does know his real name. She does. It is weird that it hasn't come up that, hey, I was actually born as Orlando. Right. And I changed my name because my name literally is the city my dad gutter pumped Gushed my- into my mom. Yeah. Yes. So- I changed it to Brad. Like, that should have come up date three, at least. Yeah. Yes. And I have a, like- business name and a real name and one time was on a date with someone and they referred to me by my business name and I realized that we had been casually seeing each other for a couple months and he did not know my actual name <laughs> and I was like it's too late to tell him 
Like, I think we just have to break up at this point. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And you do now realize if you've listened long enough that Paige is the only smart person on the podcast because Mikey and I don't have business names. (laughs) <laughs> we were not smart enough to do that Mikey is my business name <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mikey is his business name No, Michael is your business name Mikey is your play name Oh no <laughs> <laughs> I forget sometimes Because, I don't know It's been my, air, air quotes, business name for so long That I respond to it It's, it's basically my name And I forget I think it was Colt Podcast where we talked about it on air and I didn't realize that Blaine didn't know. And he was like taken aback. <laughs> he was just like, who even are you? <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? don't worry about it. <laughs> Paige, I didn't know you had a stage name slash and real name until I met your father. Right, right. And right. I was like, wait, hang on a second. Your last name is not. Okay. All right. I see okay. how it is. I see how <laughs> important I am to Paige quote unquote Wesley <laughs> air quotes Wesley yeah. <laughs> see I'm cool with all this because I was a big professional wrestling fan right please explain that some they don't use their real names oh yeah 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 yeah. that makes yeah, sense his name sure. isn't The Rock it's Dwayne quotations The Rock close quotations Johnson yeah, yeah. but Paige wants to be Paige Pages, page the quote. Rampage Wesley. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, are you trying to tell me his name is not Stone Cold? No. <laughs> Stone Cold was his father's name. <laughs> his name's actually Steve Austin now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steven. <laughs> Mom. Yeah. Just Triple H referring to him as Steven in the ring to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my yeah. favorite things is when moms refer to their adult sons by their full names. Andrew. <laughs> I have tons of people in my life that refuse to believe that my name is just Todd and not short for something. So I have heard many different longer versions of my name. Todrick. Because, yeah, Todrick is one. Todathan. Todathon. Todathy. Like there's yeah. way too many. I'm like, it's literally just Todd. I could show you my birth certificate. Short form or long form? Yeah, you can't be president. <laughs> it's from Hawaii. Oh, wait. Are we going to have a birther movement for me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Todd was born on Earth. That's why he's got the layers. Our planet is too cold for him here. He's a literal alien. That is your real name. Todd. You know who else had five cats and like that many cats? Alf. But he was eating them. Yeah. Exactly, Todd. Yeah, I don't eat the cats. I love my kitties, except for one, and she knows who she is. I was going to say, are we saying you don't eat pussy? Because then we can't be friends. Wow, Paige, your friendships are intense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why I'm not friends with DJ Khaled. (laughs) Or Ben Shapiro, I guess. Or Ben Shapiro, but also because of his voice. Anyway, so they go back out into the room to open presents. Yeah. And he gives this like speech about boundaries. I love that because Reese Witherspoon like amps him up to give this speech. She's like, you need to set proper boundaries with your brothers. Mm -hmm. You're an adult. You're a lawyer. They will respect you. Just set the boundary. And then he goes out there, does it. I I love that she like looks over her shoulder and like has that little acknowledgement of like, good for you. I'm proud of you for doing this. And then John Favreau immediately beats his ass. It's the other brother. So the other brother literally kicks him in the back of the knee. (laughs) And then John Favreau grabs his arms. So John Favreau's under him on the floor. Yes. But holding his arms prone so he just can't fight back (laughs) at all. And then then they tag in the children. (laughs) And they literally beat the shit out of him. They do. But before they tag 
attack them and they just say, okay, but if you get hurt, I lose custody again, which is a real dark <laughs> understory to this film. Well, because John Favreau's wife is the lady that we're in love with. The other brother right. is clearly divorced. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. When John Favreau's son is like smacking the shit out of him, like on top of his chest, yeah, and he's like choking him. Google me, bitch. Like I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Look me up sometime, Barbara. Is what he says. <laughs> oh my god, I was laughing so hard. He gets up off the floor, and Reese Witherspoon is like, "I'm proud of you." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wrong time. Yeah. I mean, she is supportive, and that's great, but. That did not go the way either of you expected, and it's okay to admit that. It's okay to admit it. Uh, So they start opening presents, and we realize that there's a $10 spending cap for presents. And nobody told them. And it is very clear that they are of money at this point in their life. Mm -hmm. Maybe Vince Vaughn didn't grow up with it, but he's a lawyer now, and I don't know what Reese Witherspoon does, but... She clearly has money as well. Uh, she moves to small towns and then plays with somebody's heart until their <laughs> dog dies. And then they start a glass company and she steals that oh. money. Uh, yes. We do a lot of Reese Witherspoon movies. We've yeah, got we to do. stop. She's done a lot of these and she's the villain in most of them, except for Legally Blonde. That's like the one time she wasn't the villain and Cruel <laughs> Intentions, I guess. I really do like her in, in movies. Like, I don't think we should ever stop doing Reese Witherspoon movies. Never. We, I mean, could we stop doing Darth Vader movies? No, she's a consummate villain and we need to respect her. <laughs> exactly. It's like never talking about the Joker, guys. Like, yeah, that's right? the level she is at. It's, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> So they buy one of the kids an Xbox and then the other kid opens another present and it's a flashlight. Well, the way they set this up is so funny because it's like an Xbox and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was a spending limit. And then he goes, let me get the present from your dad. I'm sure it's equally as great. And it's like a fucking flashlight. And and like the kid just handles it exactly how that child should. Why don't you love me, daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Directly into his dad's face. It's just brutal. It's amazing. And then is that the kid that like strips down and leaves? Yeah, because he's like, Santa is your dad. Like, because it's a Santa present. I forgot they ruins Christmas for them. He ruins Christmas because this is how they find out that there's no Santa. Yes. And uh, this is where Susan informs us that he doesn't like emotion words, so he streaks, but he always comes back. And so he, like, strips down, jumps out the window, and then throws his underwear back (laughs) through the window. Oh, so great. We then reveal that they bought his dad a satellite dish, and they're going to try and mount it on the roof. And he refuses to have an installer come in and do it. He has to have them do it because quote I don't want some sex predator in a uniform coming in to touch my underwear and I'm like who would touch your underwear old man like what are you talking about I love that line so much because it is so bonkers because Reese was like (laughs) hey the installers coming in on Tuesday they're going to take care of it all for you and we're going to cover the monthly bill or whatever because that was a concern too right and then he just lays that on him he's like we don't have people install stuff in this house I don't want some sex pest coming in touching my underwear (laughs) he said sex predator yeah he does you're right sex predator i just just love robert duvall so much and to see him play a role like this was like everything i loved it so much do you think days of thunder counts as a romantic movie yes i do not and listen i will be doing far and away which is the same co-stars i love far and away mikey so do i and we will be doing it in the spring because I don't know why that's a spring movie Ooh, for me. I love that. I won't right. watch it. I was tempted to watch it the other night and I won't. Oh my God, Mikey, everyone I've talked to hates that movie, but I love that movie. How can you hate that movie? It's like a better version of Gangs of New York. 
Yes. I don't think I've seen this movie. Oh, Paige, you are not missing much, but you are missing some, so you should watch it. If you like historical romantic dramas. Only when people fuck. I think we established this on the last episode. Do they? This is when Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise are married. This is their uh, married series of movies Mm. where they bang in all of them. Where the passion was still fake, but, you know, (laughs) better. Anyway, so. Mikey, you're muted. I don't know how you did it, but you muted yourself. So we can't hear you. Ah! Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just looking at Mikey fully talking, but I cannot hear I was anything like, why he's are saying. They ignoring me. <laughs> oh, Mikey, you beautiful idiot. I love you so much. That was amazing. So she goes into the kitchen to hang out with Susan, best character in the film. And this is where we get the conversation about breastfeeding makes your nipples really hard. <laughs> like, Teflon nipples. Apparently. No, it makes mine. Apparently. I don't know if that's true. I'm sorry, Mikey. What was that? Nothing. (laughs) Meanwhile, up on the roof, they're trying to put the satellite dish in. And this is where Grandpa's saying mean things about Grandma because she, quote, is a common street whore. Yeah. And then he asks one of the children to get him a beer, which is great. (laughs) I grew up in the South. I got my dad beers all the time. He also, we kind of find out from Vince Vaughn that he never talked to grandma. Like they didn't really have an emotional connection, it seemed. And he's like, well, I gave her a house to live in. What more she want? Like he didn't connect with her on her needs anyway. But this is where we hear the first, like we heard them say it at the dance class that you can't spell families without lies. And this is where we hear it from grandpa. Like clearly this is where it came from. Yeah, this is where he got that line from. Which is a horrible line. That's a real terrible, terrible sentiment. He is not technically wrong that you can't (laughs) spell families without lies. It is a factually true statement, but it is terrible. Yes. We cut back into the kitchen where Susan is making the grossest casserole on earth. Like it is cheese, frozen peas, mayonnaise, and slices of spam. That is it. Hell yeah. That is all it is in this casserole. Mm Mm-mm. No. And then she just puts more cheese over the top of it and then just sets it on a table. Does not cook it at all. you got a cheesy crust on your casserole. Come on, guys. She's not cooking it, Mikey. She sets it cold on the table and then makes bologna sandwiches for everybody. I'm I'm here's the thing. I am here for some sort of spam casserole. I would gladly create some sort of spam casserole monstrosity. The thing holding this casserole together is mayonnaise. That's why I was out. I don't have anything personally against spam. The, one of the things that I thought was the wildest thing about Hawaii is like spam was like oh everywhere spam sought and eggs. after. Yeah, that was probably the first time I actually had spam that I enjoyed and like. Yeah, it's not they do it right that bad yeah so like you have to do it right but it can be done right but i don't want spam and eggs that sounds gross to me no i want spam and eggs yes that's what i want but so she hands reese witherspoon the baby and the baby doesn't seem to like her uh, and she's like oh just give her a chance to warm up to you and there's shouting on the roof they're shouting in the kitchen it's a cacophony of noise and finally vince vaughn falls off the roof with the satellite ripping the tv through multiple rooms which like there's no way that cord would <laughs> like the cord would snap before that tv moved through rooms i think probably just because it's a heavy ass tv i mean yeah that's a tube tv that that tv weighs like 70 pounds it was a small tube tv okay it weighs 35 pounds there's no way that coax cable is pulling a tv across like exactly. it'll strip the screw that holds that coax cable into the tv yes 
Listen, I used to work at Radio Shack. I know what I'm talking about. Like, there's no way it happens. Like, my face is everything right now. This is the face of someone who's not surprised that you used to work at Radio Shack. I worked there for a few months in between high school and college. Hi, welcome to Radio Shack. My name's Todd. It's me, Todd. And they're like, why is it static on every station? Uh, so he falls off the roof with the satellite and the baby stops crying. But just as the baby stops crying, she accidentally smacks the baby's head against a cabinet, which like, who hasn't been? In there. I mean, we've all babysat, right? Mm-hmm. At least she didn't drop it. So he says mistletoe, which is their code word to get out of there. So we cut to them driving to the next house. And we kind of got the sense that Reese Witherspoon is warming up to the idea of a baby based on the one she just met, which is a cute baby or whatever. But that seemed like a mostly horrible experience. But anyway, they pull up to her mom's house and she's like, oh, by the way, it's a bit of a cougar den. Don't worry about it. And as they pull up, there's a giant Jesus statue. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's new. Yeah, that's new. Mom must have a new boyfriend. Like, that's her explanation for it. Mom doesn't have a new boyfriend. Mom has a new cult leader. Mom has a cult leader. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very clearly. Yes. Which, okay, they paint it. And I know this is old. Like, this is not a current film. This is many years old. But they paint her as kind of a like a Gwen Shamblin figure. And I was expecting a Gwen Shamblin level of hot dude for the cult leader. Hang on. Are you trying to tell me that Dwight Yoakam is not hot? Yeah, I don't I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Are you guys trying to say that he is hot? Are you trying to tell me that one of the main villains from the movie Panic Room is not hot? Hang on one second. Yeah, I am okay. I'm trying to tell you that. He's not on my spit list. No, he shouldn't be on anyone's spit list, even Reese's mother. Yeah, but he's clearly on her spit list. Oh, yeah. He's clearly done some spitting. Yeah. He's got charisma. He does have charisma. I agree with you on that one. Not enough for me. You ever met Dwight Yoakam in real life? No. Yeah, me either. But I'm pretty sure I still wouldn't let him spit on me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're in front row at one of his concerts, it's going to happen. The sp- I wouldn't bl- 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 Splash zone. I'll bring a tarp. It's like a Gallagher show. (laughs) Anyway, they go inside and it's very clear. It's like all the women in the house, with the exception of Kristen Chenoweth, are like on Vince Vaughn's dick. It is real upsetting where it's like the mom is hugging him too long. Carol Kane is her aunt who gets no lines, which is so sad. I know, right? Is hugging him too long. The grandma's hugging, like pulling on his belt. It's like a lot. It's very uncomfortable. I've had this happen to me. Yep. Same. The first time I brought Jake to like an actual family like event with like extended family, one of my aunts walks in and said, where's the lumberjack? So, you know. Well, now I know what I'm going to say when I see him for the first time in person. (laughs) At a uh, rehearsal dinner, I once had my butt patted by an elderly lady because she was... That's happened to me multiple times. Into it. I was at a wedding and I was dancing just because that's like the only place Todd will dance because I can't dance for shit. But at Mm -hmm. a wedding, no one seems to care. I mean... At least you were dancing. I was just walking by to go to the buffet table and she pinched it. (laughs) That's not okay, by the way. Consent. Yeah. Consent this hand up up against your ass. (laughs) They were like, Grandma. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it when anyone touches my butt that I don't know. Here's the way to fix this. As you walk through crowded rooms, you should point and tell people who is allowed to touch your butt. Paige, I do that often. Mm. (laughs) See, I'm all about it. I walk through rooms backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why it happened to you, Mikey. You just ran into that woman's hand. 
Yeah, she just held it out and then you delivered the package. She had a handful and it was just like, so did she cup? Or did she smack? Like, was there cuppage? She cupped. Oh. She cupped. Oh. Dang. Was she drunk? She grabbed like a sack of ham. A slice? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mikey. And she's like, yeah. I have done some very inappropriate things to you that I have regretted later, and I've never grabbed a slice. Don't. I mean, I don't plan to, but I've been overly familiar with you in public and been like, later that I've been like, ugh, did I lick his neck? Yeah, the blowjob was a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Remember that time I licked your neck? Under advice of my lawyer, I'm not supposed to talk about <laughs> lawsuits that are supposed to be ongoing. We have photos of you licking his neck. Yeah. Anyway, I so. I just love Mikey. They take him into the living room where everyone's kind of sitting. And this is where we get the story about Cootie Kate and how she was like tortured by the local children for like six years. So we also find out at this point that Pastor Phil has encouraged them not to commercialize Christmas so they won't be giving actual gifts. They'll just be giving spiritual gifts which I think in their mind are just like aspirations for the next year. The assignment wasn't clear. But grandma, grandma decides that the gift she is giving is a higher frequency of hand and mouth pleasure to grandpa who is asleep. And I have to assume it's because he is exhausted by her hand and mouth. <laughs> I don't know that he is because she says later that she could do it more. I mean, maybe, but you got to wait for him to be conscious. Conscious. That's the rule. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They may have some sort of pre-existing arrangement that she's allowed I mean, to wake fair. him up that way. I don't know. I guess. I'm not involved in their relationship. I'm not. And Kristen Chenoweth wants to get pregnant again. So she's like speaking it into the universe. Yes. And as Reese Witherspoon is holding her baby, it spray vomits all over her. Oh, my God. Which makes Vince Vaughn gag, which same. I can't. I can't do barf. I'm really bad about barf. It's not. Ba baby spit up is not like barf barf. It's not. It's not. And usually that's why you it's have like receiving blankets stuff. and stuff. But like if it just cannoned at my face, I think I'd be a little taken aback. The way Vince Vaughn reacts, though, is exactly how I would react. Like, I can't even hear the sound of like vomiting yeah. or I will vomit. I, I just yeah. loved him. Like, oh, I love you, but you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. And then, yep. and then his, I'm gonna do it too. Like, it made me yeah. laugh so hard. And I think they loved that delivery so much. They literally put it at the last line of the movie. Yes, because yeah. it's exactly the same. It is. Yeah. I have been spit up on like just a little bit. The difference in this, it's it's like a cannon. Like it just like sprays chest, face, whole not like with some force behind it. And I think that would have sent me over the edge a little bit. <laughs> It's a lot. Regardless, she ends up going to the bathroom to clean up. We cut to her in the bathroom and Kristen Chenoweth is trying to find her new clothes to wear while they clean her blouse or whatever from the barf. And all they have are her old clothes from back when she was heavy. And they kind of give her some shit for like, yeah, calm down, like whatever. They very much diminish her feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's upset about the whole cootie thing. And she's like, you didn't tell him that like bullshit. And she leaves her to her own devices where she plays around with the breast pump and then finds a box of pregnancy tests and takes one. So it had been a while since I've seen this movie. And I think this is another part where this movie like could have been a good movie if like she had a pregnancy scare the whole time. Yeah. But just taking a pregnancy test because like you, you were like, hey, it's a free pregnancy test. <laughs> I don't think that that's why she took it. I think she explains why she took it later. I don't think she was just like, oh, hey, a Lucy pregnancy test. I'm going to pee They're on this. They're expensive, man. She said she was like two days late. That's, and I'm not going to speak for women. I will speak for people who have periods 
two days ain't shit. <laughs> like, two days you should just be like, I should stop thinking about this. A week, absolutely. Two weeks, definitely <laughs> take that test. Sure. But like, I'm also, I have been sick and missed one because I had a cold or I've been super stressed at work and missed one. Like periods can be a little more flexible than Hollywood portrays them to be. Um, now, if you're somebody who is like clockwork, no matter what, and it's always the same day. Yeah, maybe two days is a little weird and you might take one. But I would say that's rare in my experience and the experiences of many of the people with periods that I know. Fair enough. I don't know. It's not something I deal with, so I have no idea, so I trust you. Well, I've been through a pregnancy scare, too. Oh, man, me too, Mikey. That, now that I'm older, it's a, they're called pregnancy hopes. <laughs> so she takes a pregnancy test, and as she's finished with it and waiting for the results, uh, Cassie, the young girl, her niece, comes in and basically steals it. She has to, like, chase her out through the backyard, through the jump jump. And while they're doing it, in the living room, they're showing Vince Vaughn, like, photo albums of both her at fat camp and her with her friend in high school who we find out later she did not perceive as gay but it is very likely that her friend was closeted and gay during high school and so her family is basically like oh yeah she's only ever dated women before you which is not the case but like they're kind of selling him that narrative i guess which is a little strange when reese explains that like that was just her friend i was like this is so wild that her family thought she was a lesbian up until vince vaughn and then they never said anything to her about it yeah that was wild right like and when that came up yeah. in the movie i was like i don't I don't know how to handle this. Like, I don't know if they're joking. I mean, I will say this. Uh, I did not bring very many men home until Jake. Pretty much none. Um, from like high school to Jake, there was like nobody in between that came home to meet the family. And so I think there were suspicions about me until I brought Jake home. But I think nobody said anything about it. And they were just like, we'll figure out eventually. <laughs> like, she's eventually going to say one thing or the other, right? So it could have been <laughs> something like that, where they were just like, eh, whatever. Whatever it is, we love her, so. As a kid, and still do, like, I'm very open about how much I love musicals. I'm very yeah. over the top. I was one of those kids that I know people thought I may have been gay. And it mm -hmm. just... I'm sure when I was interested in women, my dad was probably like, oh, okay, cool. That's good to know. <laughs> Though this wasn't the expected outcome, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a little more really upset by the the fat camp stuff that this movie just glosses over. Oh, that's so mean too. Like the whole, oh, she was so in fat mean. camp all summer and only lost three pounds. I'm like, yeah. th this is terrible. And I've never been to a fat camp. I'm sure they actually did exist and were terrible. But they like, do, they absolutely what the did. fuck? And I get that they're just trying to show like this is her worst case family Christmas scenario and like right. the other house was Vince Vaughn's like his dad's house was Vince Vaughn's right I get that right but this is just like terrible I would never go home ever if yeah, this is my yeah. experience yeah the one the one joke that did make me laugh was he finds a younger picture of her and he's like is that her or is that a boy named Bjorn and it fully looks like a Bjorn like whoever it is <laughs> their name should be Bjorn um, anyway, so she is getting just flat out abused by these children in the jump jump and she kind of gets thrown out and then steals herself, goes back in, zips it closed, basically trapping the kids in with her. Oh man. And, and then, then goes she goes full, full Mikey. Mikey. Yeah, yeah. Paige, full yeah. Mikey. She's body slamming kids, throwing kids around the rink. Like it's amazing. Yep. 
It is amazing. And then we see her niece has it, is holding what she believes to be a magic marker in her mouth. And so she tells her that she peed on it so she can get it from her. And then she goes outside, checks the result, and then we don't see the answer. So we don't know the answer for at least another house. Right. I love that we are like delineating moments in this movie by house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We cut to, she goes back inside and uh, Vince Vaughn is like, why didn't you tell me all this stuff? This is amazing. And he's like, hey, I love you. I don't care. It's all in the past. Whatever brought you to me, I'm happy. But like, why didn't you tell me that you are bi, essentially? And she's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, And then has the realization herself that her friend in high school was likely in the closet and she did not understand. But... They basically are like, okay, truce on things from the past that we did not tell each other. We're just going to get through this day. But before they can do that, they have to go to church because that's where Pastor Phil is. Oh, man. Have you guys ever been roped into? I guess you're both believing people. But like, yeah, so we go. But sometimes you get roped into going to somebody like other uh, somebody else's church and you'd never know what's going to happen. You're never prepared for what that outcome could be. Yeah. Because you know what your church is like or like I know what my parents church is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so like I have I have a level of like what I expect for that to happen. But if somebody that I don't know that well is like we're going to church, I'm like any anything goes. This could be a cult. This could be a completely different religion. This could be exactly like what I expect. You never know. It is a wild card. Is it wine? Is it grape juice? What's communion today? I don't know. Is there communion? (laughs) Is this even is this even a Christian church or is this just some something else? Like, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Like the first time I went to a a Jewish funeral, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be like. And it was actually very beautiful. I once went to a Sikh wedding that was I thought was amazing. But going in, like walking up, I was like, oh, man, I don't know what's happening here. And like, (laughs) what day is it? Because those weddings go for days. Oh, What day of the wedding is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to but it was a Sikh arranged marriage. Like the husband and wife met that morning. Anyway, so they go to the church And at first it seems, I would say it just seems like modern rock church. Yeah. You know, there's a guitar. Yeah. There's a lot of white people with no rhythm, you know, church. It is very like, I would say like a mega church-ish vibe. I mean, it's small for a mega church, but it does have that vibe. Yes. Yeah. Where it's that style of like flashy lights, craziness. And And big personality pastor. That's sort of what I mean by that. Yeah. Yes. Where the pastor's more of a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, And he announces from the front that he's like, our Mary and Joseph are sick. We need two people from the audience to come do it. And Kate and Brad get roped into it. And they have like lines they get voluntold into doing it, basically. Man, I love this scene. I love yeah, this, this scene. And by the way, I've told this story on a previous podcast recently uh, on Romance in the Pod. But when we did the whole nativity scene and we like yeah, broke yeah, yeah. down and like w- lost our shit and like. What you're referring to is actually in the bonus episode. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes, because okay. my mom wants a link to that bonus episode. Yeah, all she has to do <laughs> is sign up at $15 on the Horror Virgin level and she will absolutely get <laughs> those video bonus episodes. But yeah, like this is what we were doing though. Like we were acting out the nativity stuff, but it started at like the whole, like someone reading like, and they were called to Jerusalem for taxes or whatever. And like it ends with the birth of Jesus. So we had to do like the full 45 minute version of this. I've been baby Jesus 
before. Oh, nice. It's usually it, in church. It's whoever whoever had a baby the most recently that's like old enough to be around people. Yeah. And my birthday is November 12th. So <laughs> you were a baby. I was a baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I got to be Jesus. I think my sister was probably Jesus at one point, too. The baby they hand them is massive. Yeah. <laughs> this is a huge baby. It, it's that a big old like the baby. The size of a two-year-old. Yeah. But also a juicy biscuit. Got them juicy biscuits. But yeah, like I do love Vince Vaughn in this scene so much. He's so great. That woman cannot swaddle this baby. Yeah. Oh my God. He throws her <laughs> under the bus. So funny. So I would do that immediately. I love it so much because they're doing the nativity thing, right? Like they're like, now Mary needs to swaddle the baby. And he's like making a real big show of his line, which they, it is sort of a callback to a conversation they have before they go on stage, quote unquote. And man, I love how he delivers his line real big. And then like they enjoy it. You see his reaction to them enjoying his one big line, his only line. And then he just cannot not give a thousand percent and i love that so much like so much that he's like walking around the stage like swaddle that baby woman and he's wearing the swaddle and they're cheering and i'm just guys yeah it's hilarious and the whole man he does throw her under the bus though it's very funny so the baby that she's holding is just like silent the whole time though where she's like this is a good baby and i was like these are people who've never been to church because they definitely give the baby cold medicine (laughs) always wait really well, okay. Also, it's winter, so usually the baby is also sick. Not, so they're like not knocking it out, but like usually mm. it's like, hey, we gave the baby Tylenol, so you're good for like 15 minutes. Like, so what you're saying is, at church they drug baby Jesus. I definitely was probably on cold medicine. <laughs> Actually, probably not. I was probably too young. But like, <laughs> I've been in many a church play where baby Jesus is colicky and and upset and and some baby whatever got rubbed on their gums and then they were fine on stage. So I also was at a wedding where they did it to the flower girl and then she got loopy and almost walked into a creek and I saved her life. But we don't have time today to talk about it. Oh, but we I have to know everything later about that story. Yeah. Oh, later, 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 (laughs) later. Uh, So he's delivering everything big. He throws her under the bus. She is upset. Yeah, clearly. But the crowd goes wild. And one of my favorite things, if you're a workaholics fan, Jet Set is in the crowd. Wait, what? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. And which RIP Jet Set, rest in power. But Jet Set is in the crowd and they cut to him. He's got a cutaway where he's like cheering. And I was just like, Jet Set. Oh, my God. And then they cut away. Uh, but like during this time period, he was like like a mega extra where he's in a ton of stuff. And so you can always kind of spot him. But yeah, so he's in this movie. That's awesome. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Carol Kane is also on stage as an animal, again, with no lines. I don't know how you put Carol Kane in a movie and don't give her lines. I know. She's great in everything. But Everything. Yeah. Anyway. So they head out to the next house and she's just like, I'm not having a good time. We're not connecting. You're not present. It's been a bad day. And basically she's like, I'm we can't fight right now. We got to get through the day. But like, I want something different for us than what we've experienced today. And this is where they get to his mom's house. And at first she seems super nice, super accommodating. Yeah, we love her. And it's uh, Sissy Spacek, right? It's Sissy Spacek. Love her. And we reveal that she dated a professor after his dad for a little bit. And then we meet his actual stepdad, 
who is his childhood friend, Daryl. They grew up together and he's like, hey, I didn't think about her sexually until I was 30. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Uh, And he's like, but your mother is a sexual being and a great lover. And he's like, don't talk about my mom that way. Oh my God. I mean, but listen, my stepdad is an appropriate age to my mom. Yeah. I still don't want to hear about their sex life. Like, I don't want to thank you. Yeah. Mm -mm. Gross. No. Uh, But they go into the kitchen where Denver and Susan, Susan's back, and they're demolishing hot wings and they're all going to sit down and play taboo. And so the stepmom and or mom and stepdad go first and they answer a couple questions. But one of them is like, this is what you dripped on me. Wax after that chocolate. No, before that syrup. And you're just like, no, (laughs) this is a lot. And then he just goes, way sticky, dude. Don't recommend it. Like two Vince Vaughn. You're just like. But but think about what that was. They went from wax to syrup to chocolate. Like if you're going to start with wax, don't then go to edible things. Start with edible yes. things and then go to wax. And then go to wax. No, you're to absolutely seal it right. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you don't want to be like... You don't want to eat oh, wax on accident. Exactly. Thank you, Paige. I no, got you. What I want to do is I want to put chocolate all over her body and then cover it in fondant. <laughs> what you're doing is making a human cake, Mikey. And I No, think- what he's doing is nailing it. <laughs> but also be careful about the melting point of your candles colored candles tend to the wax tends to be hotter than white candles just remember that one nicole bayer would be very happy about that joke thank you <laughs> so denver and susan are sitting in there next and he literally eats hot wings the entire time never stops and they rapid fire get seven right in a row and all the clues she gives him are wrong, but he still gets the right answer. It's one of my favorite things ever where he's like, what's what's the capital of China? Hong Kong. And I'm like, it is not. It's right. a completely different. Right. But she knows that that's what he thinks it is. Oh, yeah. In my mind, I chose to believe that she knows the correct way to like a- answer those or ask yes. those questions. But she knows that wouldn't work for him. So she has to be his level of stupid to win this game. And I love that she's that next level smart married to this imbecile of a man. Love it. Yeah. One of my favorites was whom, who's the only guy I'm allowed to cheat on? John Grisham. <laughs> I just watched a documentary with him in it today. Is he like super handsome or something? No, no, oh. he's not. <laughs> he's not not handsome. You know he's what I'm fine, saying? He's fine, I guess. I mean, it's just, it's an unexpected pick. I don't know if this is how this happened, but I love to picture in my head that this scene was entirely improv and he just made up answers and they went with oh, it. Oh, shit. Like, that that totally they just, could be. You know, yes, anded through it. I hope and pray that that's what happened. I don't know that it did, but this is probably the dry humping on the beach. It's our screensaver. Yeah. Like those, <laughs> amazing. Uh, anyway, so Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn go next so and they funny. physically cannot get one. Like they can't guess any and his mom doesn't understand the rules of the game. So she's just buzzing the whole time. Oh, yeah. And they finally get in the car to drive to their final Christmas with her dad. Yes. And she comes clean about the pregnancy test and is like, for a moment, I was hopeful. And I was like, I I didn't think I wanted kids, but maybe I do. And I kind of have to reexamine these feelings. And this is as close as this movie comes to having a grown up conversation about this, because I honestly feel like this conversation is a pretty decent display of like an adult conversation about serious things that would impact the future of this relationship. Absolutely. 
And she basically is like, I think where I'm at is that maybe I might want those things. And he's like, I don't. And this is our impasse, basically. Yeah. And he's like, I was honest with that up front. You said you were fine with that. In fact, you seemed like you were super on board with it. So like, and and I think Reese does a good job of acknowledging that in this conversation. She's like, and I realize I'm changing the rules. Yes. And I like that she both acknowledges that she's changing the rules, but she's being honest that like she needs to do that in order to stay in this relationship because that's something that she wants now. Well, and here's the thing. Sometimes rules change and you have to communicate that. And it doesn't always mean that the relationship changes, but sometimes it means that it does. And the key is that you're communicating that with each other. That's the point. Exactly. And it's it's not necessarily always a bad thing for relationships to end in that situation because maybe it is better for you to be with other people because that is more in line with what you want out of a relationship and that's okay i want kids and that's a talk you have to have fairly early on now of like is that something you want to do in life i mean like or like they may already have kids and do you want more yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that's something you have to ask pretty early on are you just wasting your time because some people don't want to get married even. And like, or like you know you have to ask some of these questions well and here's the thing I think they did and I think she's having a change of heart and yes. that's why she's bringing it up yeah yeah oh but yeah 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 but I'm just saying and, which is good I'm, I'm yeah. saying it's good yeah she's right to bring it up yeah I also really like later in the movie and literally just a couple scenes from now where they're like he's like well you should be honest about those and she's like I was and I think he was too everyone was honest yeah but honest doesn't always mean you stay together I think that's valid yeah so she She comes into the house alone. She kind of dodges some of the questions about where he is. Pastor Phil is there creeping everybody out. (laughs) I don't even think he has a line, but just the way he's sitting on that couch is so gross to me. Love it. (laughs) Maybe it's just I I find Dwight Yoakam as a person hard to look. It's the combo suit and hair. Yeah. He looks like a great cult leader. Like this. Yes, <laughs> he does. Yeah. But she ends up talking to Kristen Chenoweth for a while and finds out that her parents have been getting along better because they're trying to, you know, hang out with their grandchildren. Which this was the hardest thing for me to believe because one of her parents is John Voigt, someone who is notoriously right. impossible to get along with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we cut to Vince Vaughn has gone to his dad's house from the beginning and has kind of a conversation with his dad and tells him that basically this is what happened. We broke up over this and his dad's like, great, you're exactly like me. It's always the one you fight with that's the most like you. So he goes inside and he walks through his childhood bedroom and it's a lot of stuff with the name Orlando on it. So I think it's him kind of like taking stock of who he really is. Does that make sense? They don't do a great job of it. I think that's what they're trying to play at. And like, I think what I don't like about this is that They don't really establish him having a change of heart like she has a change of heart. Right. They just magically make him change his mind about wanting kids and stuff so that we have the happy ending, which... I'm not against it. I don't I just, think we needed the happy ending. Me either. I would have liked it more yeah. if it was the the sad ending because they set up at uh, the taboo scene that maybe they're not right for each other. Yeah. And then they have that, what I think is a sweet breakup conversation in the car. And a valid one. Yeah. Yes. And then Reese accepts that in the scene with like Christian Chenna with John Voight and then right. they just magically get back together. T- time out, co-hosts. <laughs> what are you, Zach Morris? Let's go back to the timeline that is for Christmases. That means at 12 noon today, she did not want a baby and by 5 p.m. she's like, 
we should break up. So maybe they should take a couple of days to process what's they, going they on. They probably should. They but should it's take a, a Christmas beat. movie. Yeah, and and but here's the thing. That's kind of how I interpreted their conversation. Not as a we are broken up because they still live in the same house and shit, but more as a this is something I want. This is how I'm feeling. I don't feel that way. Maybe we're not going to go to this Christmas party together. We need to figure shit out. And she didn't feel that way. Not even 12 hours ago. Well, that's the thing. We don't know. <laughs> There's just no character development. This movie that's sucks. That's true. The, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that the movie does not give us the information that we need to know. But I, I would say maybe she had considered it and was on the fence and this kind of pushed her over the fence. I don't know. The movie doesn't tell us. Yeah, we have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the the doorbell rings at Reese Witherspoon's dad's house and it's him. And it's the end of the night. Everyone's kind of going to bed. And he does this like rambling conversation about like if they did have kids. Now I'm comfortable having this conversation. It goes on twice as long as it should and says nothing. And I hated every second of it. I think it's just because he's improving. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. they didn't edit him. And they nope. should have either edited him in the in lens, which means like in post-production, you cut it out by doing yeah. different angles or whatever. Or in the moment where the director's like, I like this line, like this line, cut everything else. Right? Yeah. And then we're going to reshoot it again. But also, this is not wedding crashers you cannot just have him ramble on yeah improving this is not a funny situation like wedding crashers is different because the, it's a comedy this is where we needed that judd apatow serious yeah. conversation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. they want to be like oh the, we need a vince vaughn rant which i love his rants that are funny and stuff yes but, like it's totally used wrong in this movie yeah this is like if an ai used vince vaughn in a movie <laughs> yes yes absolutely what we needed in this scene was him saying i have not wanted these things in the past and I may not be the right person for this, but I care about you and I feel like you're the right person for me. And so I'm willing to explore this because that's essentially what he says in way too many words. Yes. Regardless, we cut to a year later, which means that they basically immediately got pregnant and they have the first baby of the new year and they didn't tell the family at all. But because it's the first baby of the new year, in comes KTVU Fox 2 <laughs> to interview them on the news. And he does the same like, oh, there's a vacuum and stretching and juices <laughs> and then we get another projectile vomit and then we get the same ADR of I can't be around it. I'm gonna do it too I'm gonna do it too and then it like credits credits and, and that's, that's the movie, the movie. do you guys think they're still together um, do you think they had the baby to try and save their relationship yeah a little well he seems no, into I that baby impulsively though went into in, that. In, in, in a fatherly way not a twilight way he seems into that baby and so I think sometimes people maybe have kids when they weren't initially planning on it and then they end up loving those kids and being an amazing parent. Yeah. I think that's possible. Yeah. But I think that their relationship was kind of superficial to begin with. And I did not want them to get back together at the end of this movie. So I'm going to say, no, they're probably not still together, but they're probably great co-parents. Yeah, sure. I agree. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope they figured it out, but who knows? Probably not. Here's another question along those same lines. Do you think they ever go back to their family's houses for Christmas? Here's my frustration. The movie paints it as if the families were the problem at yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah. And and while there are problematic elements to that fam to those families, I think the last house really kind of demonstrates of like this kind of idea of, hey, you are tied to these people and maybe this wasn't so bad because it made you learn about yourself. So the fact that then they go back to not talking to any of them, I was like, yeah, why develop the characters? Yeah, like they 
wrote them out of their lives after this Christmas. Yes. Like to not tell them that they're about to have a new grandbaby, that's nuts. Like if I wasn't, and I, I, am, I am talking to all of my living parents, I would, even if I was mad at them, want them to know that I'm having a child and it's their grandchild and all of that stuff. It's wild right. to me that they don't know, right? Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's a strange character choice too. Yeah. It's bonkers. I mean, I really do think that they just did that because they thought up in a, a, a room late at night while they were writing the script. Wouldn't it be funny if we do a callback to the airport scene where the news camera gives them away to their family? I feel like that's the only reason they posit in that last scene that they have not talked to their family about the baby. It would have been funnier if like the, all the families were there for the birth of the baby and then they still lied about Christmas like three weeks later. Actually, that'd be very, very funny. Of like, we have relationships, but we still don't want to do Christmas together. Right. Yeah. That would be funnier. You're right. But give me your final thoughts about four Christmases. Not enough Christmas whimsy. Not enough lighthearted Christmas stuff. There's no princesses in it. Yeah. It, does, it definitely <laughs> left a sour taste in my Christmas mouth. Where's Santa? Yeah. This oh, is yeah. not a movie I want to watch while I'm doing gingerbread houses. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. No, I, I don't know that I will watch this again because the funny oh, parts that I liked were fewer and far between. And so yeah. I feel like the, I'm going to have to get pretty far down the Christmas list before I watch. Yeah. It'll be at least four Christmases before I watch this again. <laughs> yeah. I watched the two that we've already watched this month again before I'd watch this. In fact, I made Andrea Gazetta watch A Princess for Christmas on Thanksgiving and then on Black Friday when she came over to make candy, I made her watch The Night Before Christmas. Which means back-to-back days you made her watch those. I watched The Night Before Christmas already again too. Fucking Sir Cole, man. That motherfucker is a Christmas hero. Bread ornaments forever. I still wake up at night screaming because his name is just straight up circle. Yeah, like time. It's cyclical. (laughs) Oh, I get it now. If they don't make a sequel to that movie... I will write the sequel to that movie for you, Mikey, if they don't make one. I'll direct it. Like, listen, I know the president of Pull Tight Theater here in town, our local community (laughs) theater. And if Paige writes it, I bet they'd let me direct it. That'd be actually really, really funny to do on stage. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like an on (laughs) stage. I just want to see like like an on stage version of the scene where he gets sent forward in time where it's like the old lady in the woods with the medallion you're gonna have to get creative with sets maybe some scrims oh my god it really is just like a light with like a disco ball like yes spinning and then like (laughs) fog machines i want it to look as good bad as the school that did alien for their spring oh yes yes anyway 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 Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. I have. I, I don't have a ton of money fun facts, although their house in San Francisco is worth at least $5 million. So what they are the dick? Are you very serious? moneyed. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. San Francisco is a very expensive area, so that Super makes expensive. sense. Well, Paige, hit us with your fun facts. Christmas movie, fun, fun facts. facts. This movie started production during the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike. That makes sense, actually. (laughs) Yeah, which meant that there could be no changes made to the script during filming. So the way they got around that is that almost all of the film's key scenes were improvised. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I like Vince Vaughn. I do think this is one of his worst movies. But generally, I like him a lot. So, like, I found him very still watchable in this movie, but I will recognize that it is 
subpar Vince Vaughn. Now, according to the director of this movie, uh, he believes that the like thesis statement slash subject of this film, and he is one of the co-writers as well, is the difficulty all people have of reconciling who they are and the person they're supposed to be, which is why it's hard to spend Christmas with one's family and why it can engender uneasiness. I don't think that's the theme of this movie. Like, is that weird? Like, I know he's saying it, but I'm like, why is that? Is that what you were going for? I don't I don't think that's the theme of the movie. I also don't think that should be your theme as a person. Like, you should just go to therapy and resolve those issues. I also have this thing of like, whenever people are like, if you could go back and change one thing, what would you change? And I'm like, nothing, because I needed everything to, to be get to here. here. 9-11. Well, Okay, maybe I didn't need 9-11, but like, who knows? Anyway, so like... You know who needed 9-11? Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. Robert Patterson. <laughs> Pattinson! <laughs> but it's it's this idea of like, all of those things made you who you are. And so to get rid of them, in a way, for me, doesn't jive with me being who I am as a person. And so I think the idea of like, going home and seeing your childhood self and that being problematic, I, I could understand if you had a very abusive childhood or a, a troubled childhood, or yeah. if you are now living out an identity that you always felt inside that you could not express as a child. I think those things could kind of give into a story like what the director's positing here, but like... Yeah, but if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship with your family, you you shouldn't go. You probably shouldn't go. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not the story he put in this movie, and so I thought it was really weird that he said it. Right, and if your family is like treating you of like someone else, then you're, then you're not like... Right. Th- something's <laughs> yes. wrong with your relationship. Not something's wrong, I'm just saying your relationship might not be the healthiest with your family. Right. right. Whatever, I'm moving on. I don't like this movie. No, I know. That's not a fun fact. That's a furious fact. So there were rumors at the time that Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn didn't get along and there is no chemistry in this movie. I find that rumor very easy to believe. I posit that they hooked up and then they did not like it. Um, She was still married to Ryan Phillippe at the time, so I don't think so. So that checks out. <laughs> no. I don't know. The rumor is still a rumor. No one confirmed it. But after the rumors came out, he did not go to promote the film. So, like, he didn't do any press junkets or anything for the film because of those rumors. Or he watched it. Yeah, or he watched it. <laughs> but a number of stories leaked to the press about tension on the set. So, supposedly their personalities clashed. And it was the Daily News was reporting most of it. So, you know, take from that what you will. I don't know anything about the Daily News. Is that, like, not a reputable source? I have no idea. It's, it's kind of a gossipy. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, apparently he would show up to the set in the morning hungover like he just came from night out and she's arriving early camera ready they just like yeah they weren't you know weren't a good fit sort of like in the movie like their relationship they're not really a good fit yeah well and so <laughs> she she apparently wanted to keep her lines and didn't want to improv which is a, a huge thing so he improved but apparently it got so bad that they actually had to cut a scene from the film where they had sex so like that sex scene earlier in the movie was supposed to go on a lot longer than it does. Well, they don't really even show the sex part of the sex scene. It just shows them yeah. like in sort of an intimate type embrace in the bathroom of that club. But we don't really mm. see anything. There's nothing really going on there. So uh, the house that they film at for his dad's house was actually built from scratch in Southern California. So it is Southern California. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Uh, but they but did technically a- all houses are built from scratch. That's true. Uh, but this one had nothing inside it. They had just built the exterior so they could all stand on the roof. 
So they had to like double reinforce it. Okay. Yeah. I did think that was funny. I mean, it does cut to them just up on the roof drinking alcohol while Vince Vaughn installs that satellite dish. Yep. It's nuts. So Vince Vaughn also believes that he knows that these statement of this movie. And I disagree uh, because he thinks the message of the film is that the point of Christmas is to get together with all of the members of your family, good, bad or ugly, and be thankful for their love and have fun. That's what he thinks this movie is saying. Okay. I think that's what he thinks he needs to say when someone asks him that. I think so, too. Allegedly, I know we've complained about the character development in this movie, but Seth Gordon, the director who also co-wrote portions of the movie, says that in order to develop the characters and give them each an identity, he drew up detailed timelines of their lives. We just don't get any of it on the screen. So, okay, that's so bizarre. <laughs> yep. And it, like, why even have it take place in a day? Like, go over three weeks and have real development. I know. This is one of multiple screenplays mentioned in Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat, which, if you ever yeah. wanted to become a screenwriter or went to screenwriting class or tried to write yeah. a movie, you have that book. Um, and it's listed as an example of a good log line, not a good script. But a good log line, which makes sense because this movie makes the most sense as a long log line, which is uh, a couple who avoids their family has to visit all four of them on Christmas. That's it. That's the whole like when you're only getting that much of it. It's great. Interesting to note about the other scripts listed in the book for the log line section uh, this is the only one that actually becomes a completed film because a good log line does not a good film make necessarily. Yeah. I would say all good films have good log lines. Not all good log lines become great films. Um, <laughs> but all of them did sell as very, very expensive and sought after spec scripts. They were just never made. I thought for a second you were going to tell me this is on like the blacklist that year because th- that's like the year where we've done a lot of movies from that were terrible. 2008 is like the worst blacklist ever because we've gotten like multiple 2008, Ugh. 2009 blacklist contenders and they've all been bad. But yeah. those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk about box office. So what do you think Let's the budget it. for Four Christmases was in 2008? Way big for this yeah, bullshit. because there's all their parents are played by Oscar winners. I would say $45 million. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 50 mil. Okay. So the budget for this movie was $80 million. God. Yeah. Oh and uh, God. this was like the height of... Of the financial crisis that was happening. And it's during the writer's strike. <laughs> yeah, and they spent $80 million on it. If you adjust that for inflation, that's about $102 million. That's the budget for the movie if it was made today. On what? This movie doesn't even look good. It was on the actors, man. Like 100%. Yeah, it's, it's the actors. Now, it came out on November 28th, 2008, and it was number one the weekend it came out. How much do you think it made that weekend i'm gonna say 20 million dollars okay yeah yeah because it's november so it's close to christmas Mm -hmm. but i know that this movie had a steep decline because word of mouth was terrible yeah i'm gonna say 15 first week okay so it's first weekend out it made 31 million dollars okay damn okay so it had a pretty strong opening now the next week i'm telling you 
I was there. I lived this movie. Well, okay, but Mikey, I went and I was like, that movie is trash. But Mikey, it was still number one that next week. Ugh. So it took two weeks. Before we do all that, hang on. Other movies in the theater that week were Bolt was number two, Twilight was number three, the very first Twilight, Quantum of Solace was number four, and Australia was number five. Oh, Australia is also a terrible movie. I love that movie. I liked it. I sing God, you to me, no. Paige. What? I sing Guys, you to me. No, no. I liked it. I liked it. Anyway. But the next weekend, Mikey, as you alluded to, it didn't do as well, but it still was number one that weekend. There literally was no big movie that came out that weekend. Although I can tell you what I saw the week of December 5th, 2008, and that was the number eight movie that week, Punisher Warzone. Anyway. Punisher Warzone is good. I liked it. Anyway. Four Christmases brought in $16 million in its second weekend out. It then did start to drop. Um, But what do you think it made? And it's total domestic run. Probably 70. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go 68. All right. So it made $120.1 million. That makes me angry. Yeah. I it hate did. It. it did well. Like it made its budget back in just the domestic box office. Internationally, it made $48 million, 48.1 technically, for a total of $168.3 million. And then another $35.5 million in domestic dvd and blu-ray sales so it definitely made its money but i do think it made its money on the strength of the cast and not the actual movie itself yeah but that's just like my personal opinion man so that's your box office so mikey do you have a review for us to read yeah whose review are you gonna read this week a.e marling oh what does a.e marling have to say it's a todd related review Ooh, i like these although i will admit they're hit or miss (laughs) that checks out uh the title (laughs) review is oscar wilde Oh, I like Oscar Wilde. Heard Todd also likes Oscar Wilde. I do. Yeah. The interesting thing about him is that his early writing, especially his poetry, was god-awful. I mean, pretty much everyone's early writing was god-awful. Like, it's very rare that you write something good your first time out. Hey, yeah. I mean, people have seen my vampire novel. (laughs) Not enough. He wrote his best material only after the age of 40, so there is hope for me yet. Well, I guess there's hope for all of us. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And A.E. Marling, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. I certainly liked the way you wrote that one. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. Yeah, I need some Christmas-themed reviews here. Okay, (laughs) I will say this. Write your review in the tune of A Christmas Carol, and we will try and figure out what Christmas Carol you did the review in, right? Like it, like it, like it. I like it it a lot. I like it. Paige and I might even do a rendition of it on the pod. Who knows? Leave us a five-star review and we'll do, we'll have a little fun with it. We'll doozle it up, as we'll I've been known to say. And to Santa hats to cover each, each nip. So this week I made you guys watch Four Christmases. Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? I'm making you watch a movie that my middle brother and I... The Doctor? Yeah, my, my brother Kevin and I, we love watching this film every year. And it's The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Oh. And it's a good one. I honestly have not seen it, although I do find Queen Latifah charming. I promise you that you will cry. Yeah, I'm definitely going to cry. I'm going to cry so fucking much. I cried in this movie a little bit. No, I hate you. When they're having that honest breakup conversation, like, it gets me, man. Maybe I've had too many honest breakup conversations. You hate how in tune with my emotions I am. I Well, let's just not talk about this. (laughs) Classic Mikey. (laughs) Just repress your feelings, Mikey. Oh, yeah, that's me. The therapist who represses his feelings. Therapist. I just irony. Heal thyself. (laughs) 
Uh, I love this movie. I unironically love this movie. I can't wait. This, this is a good one. This is gonna. It's a good, good, good. It's a good one. I do feel yeah. like we have earned a good one after what I made I you guys so. watch. And I feel like you can pick this up on the episode is that I think, Todd, you really kind of mess with our Christmas flow. And I don't know if it's forgivable. But we're going to try. <laughs> I do yeah. think. OK, a peek behind we the curtain We talked here. you out of a sadder movie than this. Yeah. Remember. I don't know what your deal is right now. We're doing goofy <laughs> Christmas movies that are fun and nice and you make you feel good. I wanted to do a big budget, big success Christmas movie. And I was originally going to do. The Family Man with Nicolas Cage, but apparently that's a god god awful movie according to Paige. So no, we decided it's just no, depressing it's just as fuck. It's so fucking sad. Oh, is it like The Family Stone? That movie gets me, man. I cry. It's every time. worse than The Family Stone, what? in my really? opinion. Oh, god. yes, I cry harder sad. at Family Man than I've cried in most movies. On oh, Earth. wow. Okay, so like I yeah. wasn't allowed to do that movie, so I did Forest Christmases, even though I knew it wasn't a good movie. I mean, yeah, but it's also not fun in it, in its not goodness. <laughs> like, we yeah. didn't pick good movies either, but we had fun. Mm-hmm. We had some fun in this one. You are the Grinch of this podcast. <laughs> I do hear that Reese wouldn't touch Vince Vaughn with a... They're nine and a half foot pole. So your homework for next week is to watch... The Last Holiday. The Last Holiday with... Queen Latifah. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes, on yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter. Who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just romancing pod show because they have a character oh. limit, and it's show s h o like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph twenty four, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. (laughs) And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pip. (laughs) You're my heroine, fucker. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan knew, and he, he did, did it know. anyway. He did know. <laughs> and if you don't agree with me, you can hang my jingle balls. <laughs> 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 Bye, Grinchy nerds. Did mm. you guys see that Facebook post where that person was like, I am usually a Grinch, and I am on my couch right now watching a Christmas movie with my dog and cat, and I bought Christmas decorations. She was watching A Princess for Christmas, and I, I was like- it. You're about to go back to being a Grinch, but don't worry about it. It's <laughs> that fine. That made me so happy. Anyway, bye. Yeah. Bye. bye. bye.